He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, Theology, Life. Today, we continue our look at Jude 1 and 2, especially at the phrase, Servant of Jesus Christ. How does Jude use the phrase? What is the difference between an apostle and a servant of Jesus Christ? Jude here sets himself up as someone who has an authoritative claim on our lives in calling himself a servant of Jesus Christ. Then, Jude will call to you by the power of the Spirit. So, Jonathan, we had this big goal <laughs> to get through Jude 1 and 2 in the first podcast, and here we are in podcast number 3, and we're still on Jude 1 and 2. <laughs> what does that say I about Jude? I promise we'll make it. Yeah. What does that say about Jude, and what does that say about us? Well, it says good things about Jude and bad things about us. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's I was what it says. <laughs> that's he's right. A, he's certainly a pregnant author in the sense that everything he says is full of sense and meaning, and there's so many applications. You know, we have our thing in Project 1517. We say scripture, theology, life, and there are so many connection points to the way we can think about our lives. Uh, the way that we can think about our God and man, there's a lot to cover. And I promise our listeners, we're gonna we're gonna finish verse two. We will get there today. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's a big promise. I think we can do it though. God's um, promises are better than yours, though. <laughs> Here we go. You ready? I'm gonna read verses one and two because I want to get us fresh into it, and uh, then we'll just we'll just see what happens. I, we're going to get it done. We're going to finish. I'm determined to get Let's it done. Let's give it a try. Here comes Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Beautiful, beautiful words from, from Jude. Now, we, we handled a couple of concepts already. And uh, one is, who is this guy, Jude? And we said, well, he's the half-brother of Jesus. And uh, we discussed a little bit why Jude uh, didn't think it was, it was wise or important to actually say that about himself right here, actually make that explicit about that here. Um, and then we started to talk a little bit about this idea of Jude being a servant of Jesus Christ. And we talked about that in a general sense, that when we're Christians, we have this good Lord who saved us from sin and, and death and hell. And uh, and that makes him our king. It makes him our Lord. And, and it even, in fact, makes him our master. We all have masters, and it just depends what it is, uh, Christian or non-Christian. 
and we said Jesus is a really good master. But we still haven't exhausted this idea of servant of Jesus. There's Christ yeah, there's a lot more me. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he, yeah. Can, let me let me start let me start it like this, and then I'm going to let you jump in. Is that okay? Yeah. So we're we have to remember where we're at in this in this little letter that Jude writes, and we have to remember that it the very first. It's the very first idea that Jude gives us besides the fact that it's him. So he says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, which right away, uh, he's not just telling you he's a Christian. And and we know this because you have other epistolary or letter um, formulas that we can look at. So, for example, we can look at Romans 1 verse 1. We can look at 1 Peter 1 verse 1. And what you see is when somebody writes a letter in the New Testament, you see right away that they are identifying themselves themselves as a person to be listened to who has actually, who actually has authority. So Peter says, hey, I'm an apostle. Paul says, hey, I'm an apostle. But what's interesting about Romans 1 verse 1 is he not only says, um, now we're not doing Romans today, but it is interesting. In Romans he says, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. And then and he also identifies himself as an apostle. So he actually gives himself two separate terms. So Jude is telling us why we should listen to him. That's the foundation. This is his authority. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, what is this term? Uh, let's try to understand. Okay, why, why should we listen to him? What, what is this idea that he's a servant of Jesus Christ? You're asking me that? I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> It well, yeah, like I, I think, I think when you when you look at the Bible, you can get ideas about by reading a little more widely. Like you might think, okay, so everyone, every Christian is a servant of Jesus Christ, and and I think that's that's probably true in the sense that Jesus bought us and he and he put us into his kingdom under him, so that all makes us servants of Jesus Christ. But that's not the way. Jude is using the word here, and and we can pick up from his own brother's letter. James uses the same nomenclature, you know, the same uh, um, title, you might say, in his letter. James, uh, a bond servant or a slave. We don't usually say slave in our English translations because our history of slavery here in the U.S. But a doulas is a slave; it's a servant. Um, and so it gives us this idea that this is a title, this is a relationship with Jesus that actually none of us has today in this in the same sense that Jude and James um, did. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you can actually trace just to give you know, yeah, one of the things we have to understand about Jude, and we'll talk about this a lot, is that this is a, a very uh, you might say, and I don't say this in a derogatory way at all. Uh, it has a strong Jewish flavor to it. And so it has tremendous uh, connections to Jewish culture, but then also to the Old Testament. And so when you hear this term, uh, servant of Jesus Christ, it's really a parallel to the term from the Old Testament, servant of God. Now, when you hear servant of God in the Old Testament, that that carries a lot of weight to it. It's, it's not a term that's thrown around a lot, but it does come out. In the Old Especially Testament, in Isaiah, refer- right? Especially in Isaiah. Yeah, it, co- 
it comes out as as so Jesus is a servant there of God. He's he's the suffering servant. He's the one who comes to save us, and so it's a reference to Jesus. It's also a reference to Moses. So Moses is, we're told in the Old Testament on a number of occasions, not just by Moses, but we're we're told we're told it, it by the chronicler in First Chronicles six verse forty five. We're actually told it in Daniel as well. In Daniel nine verse eleven, we're called we're told that Moses is a servant of God, and so Jude is putting himself into a, a line of authoritative preachers. Moses, you, have going. you got Moses, you got the the servant in Isaiah, uh, James is a servant, Paul's a servant of Jesus Christ. Joshua from the Old Testament is another one. That's an amazing group of servants to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's we have to make an important distinction here. We talk about life and how to understand it. When we, when we do life, uh, we have to find out, okay, who who actually has an authoritative voice in my life? Who gets to tell me what to think and what to believe and how to to know God and, and what's true about him and what's true about me? And Judah's saying, hey, I am. <laughs> hey, I will. It's a huge uh, claim that he's making here. It's an authoritative claim on your life. And and it's different than and I think you made an important distinction. I think it's different than anybody that you've got in your life today. Jude's voice has to speak more powerfully than any other spiritual sources you've got. There's, it, uh, I think that's really important for us to understand. I I got a on WhatsApp. I got a message um, just a couple of days ago, and somebody was saying that they got a revelation from Jesus Christ, and boy, was it threatening. You know, it was uh, this person that I've never heard of said, Jesus is coming soon again. Get down on your knees and start praying. Like one of those types of things. And they were claiming this, that this revelation was real, it was from Jesus, and that we should listen. And I thought right away, I was like, that, you know, are they is something like that on the same level of Jude? And we would say absolutely not. They are not yeah. in the same way. They are not a servant of Jesus Christ. So this this title, servant of Jesus Christ, is is right next to or maybe just short of apostle. And I thought it it wouldn't be it would be worth our time to actually define what is an apostle. What because that's in other epistolary greetings, right? What is an apostle? We've talked about what is a servant of Jesus Christ. Because some church bodies do the same thing. Like they claim revelation from Jesus and they even claim apostleship. So if like let's if we could put the word apostle into you know a biblical category, what is an apostle even? Yeah, it, that that's a great question. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, and we can—I want you to help me fill in some of the blank, some of these blanks. But somebody who's been directly uh, sent by Jesus. So, and and that's different than an intermediary. Like I, you and I, you and I, as pastors, we only have you might say derived authority. Yeah, immediate, right. and immediate, call. immediate authority. Yeah. So we're called through a church, not direct. You know, it's a call from Jesus. Well, you know, we do say that Jesus immediately. So it has church. to be immediately the physical Jesus Christ standing in front of you. Yeah, Jesus said, 
say, I want you to, I want you to do this. I want so, you to say this. And that's then, what makes you, it's somebody to listen to, right? Yeah. So the number one defining characteristic of an apostle, and it'd be interesting to study this in the scriptures, servant of Jesus Christ, according to the scriptures, uh, would be you had to have seen the resurrected Jesus with your right. own two eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and and so this is a that's somebody you're going to want to listen to. In other words, that's that's an authoritative kind of person on your life. And it's different. We even pastors, like especially pastors, maybe you could say because we have the calling to preach the word. We don't. Uh, we we call ourselves sometimes we call ourselves servants of the word. And the idea there is that uh, pastors today, you, when they have a call to to speak to a church and and we do have calls to do that we do it on the basis of uh, our authority is only a derived authority it's it stands on the basis of the authority of jude of the authority that's right of yeah. paul of the authority of peter um and finally of christ right because he's the that's where you trace it back to but we're only as good as the word of god that we preach and that's we preach. right <laughs> Yeah, so we like in the same like pastors are not servants of Jesus Christ in the same way that Jude was. Yeah. In the same way. In fact, and we wouldn't want to even limit the people who bring the word to only the pastoral ministry. I mean, there's a tendency among some Christians to actually Romanize, to make the clergy the only ones that can bring the word. And that's simply not right. true. There are many forms of ministry, like Sunday school teachers and youth group leaders. These are people who bring the word. They're not servants of Jesus Christ like Jude was, but they are servants of the word. Right. And so what a powerful thing that, hey, we get to look at. The big idea here as we go into, <laughs> into Jude here is, wow, uh, this is what we're going to be given is going to be infallible. It's going to be inerrant. It's going to be inspired. It's going to be a completely authoritative um, binding word on our, our lives. And that's especially nice to hear. Um, and I'm going to segue real quick into triads. <laughs> All right, triads. What do you got for me on triads? Well, wh- one of the things that I Why want are we to even talking about triads. <laughs> yeah, like who cares? Like this three, let's three thing. What's going on with this three thing? But one of the things I want to help our listeners do as we go through the book of Jude is I really want people to see that uh, this this is a highly structured. Again, it's just like Amos. It's a highly structured, beautiful literary work. It's a highly structured, beautiful literary work, and you see that throughout. This is not a guy who's just like, oh, "I'm going to write something down." This is a guy who thought through very strategically and very beautifully and very stylistically what he was going to say and how, and actually how he was going to say it. Much more uh, so than its companion book, Second Peter. Like Jude is very beautiful uh, from a literary, from a sheer rhetorical perspective. Right. And so right away, you can see uh, 
these this this is one of his features one of his one of his stylistic things is he works with triads and so right away in verses one and two you have two sets of triads and we'll take them in order uh, but i'll just point out what the two triads are first right away uh, first of all you got three you got three verbs you got a triad of, of verbs that describe the christians that he's writing to he says they're called he says there's loved and he says they're kept so you have a triad there called loved and kept and then you have a, a triad that comes right on its heels in verse two mercy peace and love so you got two right off the bat two sets of triads and boy are they beautiful oh and man. boy are they comforting pure gospel. a lot of gospel here pure gospel <laughs> yeah so just amazing one thing that i think we should point out about that first triad I, we can get into that that the called, loved, and kept. Well, a couple things. The first one is you can't see it in English, but in, in the Greek you can see it real well. The main the main kind of governing part of that triad is that word called. That's it. Right. Called. So there's a there's a very close relationship into our calling, Jude is saying, and the fact that we have been loved and we have been kept. And those are perfect tenses so it's something that happened in the past that has uh an impact on our lives today and into the future the fact that we've been loved and, and kept but i wanted to get into that idea of being ca called i i think we, we could just meditate on that for a second and i can think of three reasons why jude would want to use the word called um, and maybe you can add some more on jonathan but the first one i thought we should push on a little bit is this um, and this is actually a technical term for a Christian, someone who's called. But when you're called, it includes no human initiative. You see that? Right. It's, you, a pass, it's a passive. It's a passive voice verb. You're not yeah. the one it's, picking it's something up the phone. that's done to you. Yeah, it, you're not. You're not the one coming to Jesus. You know, it's Jesus. It doesn't say is, to those who call. You know, it yeah, like that. calling on you. It's it's your very passive role. Like there is no human initiative in this. There's no coming to Jesus moment. It's you've been called. There's only Jesus coming to you. Yeah. <laughs> the second thing I was thinking about is just this amazing idea of election and how full of an idea that is and how complete it is for our salvation. I mean, like what are some... <laughs> things that like some concepts that you hear this word called what are what are some of the ways that god calls us how does this work even <laughs> well the, in the idea of call is uh the idea of a voice right it it's a voice that comes from outside of you to you that's something right that's what a calling is it's like a hearing like, hey. thing too yeah it's like, like hey <laughs> hey uh, timothy like i i really love you which is what the next um verb is there right and so calling is something that happens uh with words i mean that's the most basic thing in christianity that I think a lot of a lot of Christianity today hasn't really thought that through for itself. That uh, a calling is is not just like, hey, I'm sitting on my bed one day and and I hear, 
something inside myself jangle or feel or whatever. <laughs> like I, it, it is an honest to goodness voice that hits your eardrums yeah. and you know, you've been loved. So like it, it's dealing with your, the sense of hearing and like, it's a real hearing just like the word vision, like have you ever thought about this before? The word vision is really dealing with your sense of sight. Like you, but this is really dealing with something that hits your eardrums. Um, and it's got to hit your eardrums. <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds stupid, but <laughs> it's not a call otherwise. It's something yeah, like else. It's, it has to hit your sense of hearing. And that happens through the preaching of the word. Through the sharing of the word. Yes. Um, and and so, how, in other words, that's how God calls. He speaks to you. And this it's, is how he's always worked with things, right? Anytime he creates people, loves, loves things or matter or whatever, he's calling to them. He's talking to them. Just like he created the world. Like he called, we could say that the world was called into existence. So and he does that with his his word that is powerful that truly does work and 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 so as people listening to this podcast we can think okay we've been called you're I mean anyone who's listening to this podcast is actually being called right now through this word that's right that's right which is pretty cool like God is objectively reaching you right now yeah. wow so it, it goes. Wow, I'm just kind of marveling at that. Um, I feel called right now through the word. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should all feel called right now. Yeah. This is how God works. So there's no human initiative in this. It's very passive. It's it's an election by God. Um, and what, what, what do you think we should add? Did you want to add any other ideas to this called idea? I, I think I think that's the good idea the big idea there and like you said what's what's really amazing about this calling and and it is like you say the governing idea there is that uh, it's through this calling that you know you're loved by god so you, you're loved uh, i i don't know how to make that the spirit has to make that real and it's like wow the creator of heaven and earth is smiling on me and caring for me and loving me just little old me right here even if i'm just uh, off riding in my car you know right now listening to a podcast and it, it, maybe there's some people that are you know a little uncertain does god really love me sometimes i think that way like i've been reading about gideon and i think man god you just showered this sort of doubtful man with your love and you raised him up and, and i think god could you love me like gideon and so the the very best place to to find yourself loved by god is in the cross of jesus that is for everyone i i we we have to understand this that that jude when he says that we've been called that we've been loved he is that's absolutely a christocentric idea we have mm -hmm. been loved in the cross and empty tomb of jesus and nobody nobody nobody's left out in that yeah the gospel's a call to the, to the world to everyone 
It's a powerful call. We are podcasting scripture one book of the Bible at a time. For more information, visit www.project1517.com or our Facebook page. We do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on iTunes. You can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517, Scripture, Theology, Life.